off top. 17% of American seven-footers have played in the NBA. That's that. May not be believable because it's from some weird guy named Pablo. Pablo Torre. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right. How do you like that stat? It's wonderful. I think if Pablo is seven feet, though, he would be in the 83%. <laughs> if I was seven feet, I think I'm a Hall of Famer. I, You know what? I think I'm getting minutes off the bench. Yeah. I mean, if you're seven feet, you got to try. If you have minimal coordination, yeah. you, you're at least getting a scholarship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're a seven-footer, I feel like if I was seven feet tall and could maintain my athleticism, I think I might be the best player in the history of the NBA. Yeah. If you were seven feet tall, running yeah. a 4'3 yeah. and jumping 40, oh. yeah, you might have been the best player ever. So you don't get, I mean, the 40, the 42 inch vertical and the 4, the 4'3 are numbers that people care about. But I also think the, I was like top three in my combine year for just about everything that we tested for from the long jump. Yeah. And also like, more importantly, the agility drills. And the strength. Yeah, and the strength. The agility drills, though, is like, if I could do that level, like cornerback's level agility at that size, but actually... Wimby might kill agility drills also just because he's so damn long yeah. that he doesn't actually have to move. That was so I, I went, as you know, I was in Vegas for Ashley's birthday weekend in Usher, but I also saw I went to Wimby's summer league debut. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that after the game, a lot of people were like down on him. And that wasn't the feeling I got at all. I just thought like he didn't make a lot of baskets. He got dunked on. Um, Brandon Miller crossed him to his butt. But generally, he just seemed so comfortable out there. And the number one thing that I walked away with was like, the Spurs are going to hold people to 79 points a game all season long <laughs> because he was never out of the play defensively. He was always one step away from protecting the rim, no matter where they tried to put him on the floor, no matter who he was guarding. He was at the three-point line in the corner, and he gets the basket so quickly, and he rebounds so effectively. And then on the offensive end, he didn't hit a lot of shots, but that all changed in the second summer league game. But he just looks so damn comfortable. And that's like the point about that we're making about seven footers is no one's that size and like can move like seven footers are like clumsy by nature. Anybody think of the tallest person, you know, they, they are normally <laughs> not the ones who are the most coordinated. This is not the tallest person that, you know, he's taller. He makes the tallest person that, you know, look small. If you remember him, those pictures of him next to Rudy Gobert and like being in the arena, watching him, play he just looks it's it's awkward because he's like no because everybody on the floor is tall but he makes them all look small and then he moves as fluidly and handles the ball with the same level of confidence as someone who's like 6'2", <laughs> which is crazy to me so yeah it was fun to see he's incredible and he might get defensive player of the year within his first three years in the league. Ooh, spicy. Um, so I want to ask you about the vibe in the building because I've, I've been to Summer League before a Titanic matchup between Marvin Bagley and DeAndre Ayton. Um, <laughs> that was a big matchup at the time. At the time, it was, it was super fun. Harry Giles stole the show in that game, which was bizarre. Um, but it's almost like a big 
uh, social event more than it is like a basketball game because you can walk around, you can go to the auxiliary gym, you're they have a ton of like things to do in Thomas and Mac. But the basketball, it's like watching a, a really, really high level pickup game. It's never that serious. But what was the, the vibe for Wemby? Because that did not feel that way on TV at no. all. So it, I, I think I, I tweeted it or, or threaded it. I don't know. We got to talk about that at some point, too. I don't know what I'm doing on social media these days. I'm old and it's fine. But anyway, it had like playoff vibes and the way that everyone was just kind of waiting with bated breath for Every event that he was involved in, it was like when he walked out for the first time, people erupted. When they called his name, people erupted. When he first touched the ball, people erupted. We took a shot. People reacted. It felt so intense. And I've been to Summer League one time before, and it doesn't feel like that. I've been to NBA games that don't feel like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Which, um, Most NBA games. Yeah, it felt intense. It felt playoffy in the way that people are locked in. So like there, there was nobody there that was just there because it's an event. And I think that's what happens sometimes in NBA games and especially in summer league. It's just like, eh. summer league is full of like scouts and people who are super into NBA. And then also people who just in Vegas and was like, Hey, we can go to a basketball game for $12. Right. Well, yeah. Let's go to a basketball game. It's not 110 degrees in here. Yeah. Let's go to the air conditioning, get a hot dog and watch the first round, a couple first round picks dunk on some uh, two way contract guys or some guys who are headed for Turkey ASAP. But, um, that vibe was not there at all and that there was nobody there that it felt like was just there to have fun. Everyone was there to watch and everyone was locked in. It was standing room only uh, all the way up the stairs. Like people were standing on the stairs trying to watch it. And it was it was a really fun atmosphere and really cool and exciting to watch him. Well, I mean, Brittany got her revenge in game one, but he bounced back. Um, did you feel better, worse, or the same about Wemby? Because I mean, obviously it's summer league, it doesn't totally matter, but it was there was a moment when he like he could not hit a shot in the first game that was certainly not concerning, but like Right. I think I, I wish we had talked after that game because it feels like you it feels like I, I now have the second game to yeah. to support that. But I promise you, I, I came back and I talked to DeQuell, one of my friends that was there. And me and Bo had a chat. Um, Bomani was there, too. We had a chat uh, over text the next day because he was at the game also. And I was incredibly shocked by the response that some people were like trying to act like he wasn't that good because I walked away from that thinking, holy shit, because I wasn't concerned with watching shots go in. Yeah. I'd never seen anybody in person that size, Kevin Durant, I guess, that size, that comfortable with the ball in his hands. And then the first point was like, it doesn't matter. He is worth a, a max contract just for what he will do on defense. Yeah. And I saw that so quickly that you can switch him. And yeah, he's going to get crossed to his butt a couple times. But he's going to impact all the shots. And so that night I was texting with people and I was like over the moon, like, damn. He going to be something. But uh, then he went and actually was something in the next game. So having that take doesn't feel as special now. Yeah, real hot take. When, Wemby's going to be something. No, okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, at that night, it was a, it was something. I was in the minority, I think. Ethan, clip night. that out. We're going to put that on, on social media. Wemby is going to be something. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that. I deserve that. Um, 
But yeah, so the the passes that he was making, the ball yeah, handling, the passing was the, really interesting. Yeah, and the ball handling was incredible. Mm-hmm. To him be able to to bend over, get as low as he can, and this just this feels like really remedial, stupid analysis. But what a, what makes it not remedial and stupid is y'all ain't never seen anybody do it before. So I have I've took a couple notes on the two games I watched, and the first one was just holy shit, Wemby's so tall. Because no, because like, you you see tall guys in the NBA, and sometimes they're like Boban, who lovable and has offensive skills. He's a sideshow because of how tall he is. He can't move the same way. Wemby seems taller, and I know he is taller. He seems taller than Boban, and his movement for that height is jarring. Um, like it jumps off the screen watching him handle the ball and take it, like grab a rebound and go end to end. The ball handling to me actually was like it wasn't obviously disappointing. Like. I expected him to play a little bit more like Kevin Durant than he does currently. He's not there. And his ball handling, because he shot 27% from three last year, is slightly less valuable because they're not guarding him as a jump shooter yet. Not that you could contest it anyway. But the passing and the defense and the positioning, he's going to get so much better at all of those things. But And he's, I don't know, I, I can't put a percentage on it, 25% of, of a finished product as a defender and a passer. Yeah, I think the this goes into the ball handling is like, yes, I don't expect him to be taking people off the dribble a whole lot, but he can catch it at the elbow and face up, which then you can take people off the dribble. But I don't expect him to be the primary ball handler like Kevin Durant and take people off dribble from three point line in part because he doesn't shoot well enough out there for people to respect it. But what I mean, including in the ball handling, and I think it's just comfort is the word that I would use. And we don't really have like a a general term for it because like ball handling we talk about dribbling passing we talk about like it's about vision and it's also about the accuracy of your pass all of that stuff together for me to is like ball handling i don't know what the right word is it but it's like comfort with the ball in your hands and that was what was mind-blowing to me is i've never seen anybody that comfortable and to put it into perspective are we saying that Kevin Durant is 6'11", 7 foot? What is his official? I think he's listed 6'10". Okay. I, he is 7 feet tall. Okay, so let's say Kevin Durant is 7 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Wimby is 7'4". Mm-hmm. We're going 7'4", 7'5". Yeah, in that range. Let's say 8 foot wingspan. Yeah, let's say Wimby's 7'4". And the reason why it's so amazing to me is Kevin Durant is freakish for his ability to handle the ball at seven feet tall. It's the it's the most incredible thing. If you think of the best ball handlers, they are normally in the sixes, the the mid to low sixes. So like six three, six four, six five. The distance between their height and Kevin Durant's is huge. But then you think about and you and those are the reason why it's amazing for Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant is the size of a of a center. So saying that a center has an NBA center which averages around 6'10, 6'11, 7 feet tall. Saying that you have someone that size who has ball handling and passing ability of someone who is a guard or someone who's a forward or a wing player is mind-blowing. Now imagine there was another position. That was even bigger than center because Wimby, while he's technically going to probably end up being a center. He will be. Yeah, for sure. His seven foot four is so it's it's so big that it's another position to me in my mind, because the distance you would say that uh, 
a six six guy shouldn't be guarding a six ten guy. Yeah, unless, right? you're, unless you're Marcus Smart or someone right. like that. I guess he's six four, but still, right? Same idea. But I mean, he generally, yeah. you would a four inch height difference would be like, hey, that's a matchup problem. So imagine that there was another position that was even bigger than center, but could handle the ball close to a guard, not like a, not like Chris Paul or Steph Curry, but like close enough that you can. And that's the part to me that that doesn't that maybe doesn't translate on TV that translates in person and that we're not accounting for is there aren't people in the league Every team doesn't have somebody that. So what would you say to be comfortable guarding? Let's say that you have to be within two inches of a player to be like comfortable guarding or or three inches. Most teams don't have a guy that is within that. And so he has all that and then still has the ball handling ability to go with. It's going to be really interesting. So like the other note I wrote down was because I thought he was going to initiate more offense off the dribble, um, which is probably just because I was only watching the highlights and not watching actual yeah. Mets 92 games when right. you see him That's cross true. someone up. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see the point guard or lead guard that they pair him with because he's going to be someone, I think this was pretty obvious in the second game, but even in the first game, the shots he was getting, like dribble handoffs, getting the ball at the elbow and being unguardable, either passing or taking one dribble to the rim or just taking a step back because he's so coordinated and having a wide open shot. He might be able to get a step back from where if he's a foot off the elbow that ends up behind the three point line. Yeah, but you don't need to take a step back. When no. You got the guy. You got four. You, just inches. Get next, you get an extra point. Yeah, I know. But I'm just no it's a step back to three. But I guess and this is us getting hyperbolic a bit, I guess. Because it's going to take some time. He's young. He's not going to be the best player in the NBA right away. His, we say the peak for basketball players is around 27, 28. He's 19. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what's exciting about it is imagining that even if he does it, even if he develops uh, to a level lesser than average, like he adds fewer, if we use like 2K points, yeah. let's say he adds fewer 2K points than the average person can add from 19 to 27. He's still going to be great as long as he can add those points in the right places. And the big thing, another thing about his height is not just being able to score over people, because like I mentioned, it's you feel like it's a mismatch if you got four inches on a guy. Most teams got one seven footer, two seven footers or and and then if they have someone that big, they are often a liability on the other end of the floor. Yeah. So you got to put him out there to defend Wimby. And then when you get on the other floor, he's going to hurt your team. So he's going to create a problem for it. But the, the point I was really trying to get to is once Wimby gets comfortable, what is the answer to him? The answer normally is you double off. How are you going to double off a guy who can see over top of the double team and is comfortable with the ball to a degree? So, like, that's the stuff that's exciting. That's the stuff that's interesting. Yeah. And that's the reason why I think people are calling him the best prospect. Oh, yeah. And, I, I, and, you know, I think he's slightly further away than I thought he was going to be. Like, I think we talked and I was like, maybe he'll be the third team All-NBA center next year, even though they got rid of positions for All-NBA, so that won't even matter. But you get my point. And. I think he's a little bit further away than that. Like he's, we saw in the summer league that players get 10 fouls and they're like, oh, basically, fuck it. We'll be incredibly physical with Wemby and push him wherever we want and the fouls don't matter. That won't necessarily be there in NBA games, which is exciting. He'll be playing with, I think he'll be better playing with better players because he'll have easier shots and and it'll be more in the flow of an offense and Pop will be there. Um, But it is also clear more than they gave it credit for because he's going to have, I don't know, four and a half blocks a game. 10 rebounds a game, things like like he's going to have Mark Eaton block numbers, yeah. but 
he's also going to have some rough moments with bigger guys and stronger guys who go through him. Like power wings are going to go through Wemby in ways that we're going to be like, is he really that? Is he, is he, is he really as great defensive as we think? And then we're going to look at the defensive metrics and it's going to be like, oh yeah, the Spurs are 15 points better per hundred possessions when he's on the floor defensively. So you don't see him being like LeBron instantly. Yeah. I think I, it's I felt like LeBron him. day one was, uh, was, uh, Instantly comfortable and good with the le- good in the league. I think LeBron was a little bit more physically ready. Yeah, um, I think built like Scoot. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, would it shock me if Wemby's like a low level All Star in the next eighteen months? Of course not. He could be better than that. But I did temper my expectations slightly physically that there's going to be there's going to be moments. Also, he falls down a lot, and that was terrifying. That had to have been terrifying to be there because he's gigantic, and he I, part of it was flopping. Part of it, he just. Yeah. seems to be the Embiid thing where they tell you to try and fall instead of plant to protect yourself. Um, he does go down a lot, and it is scary. But, um, yeah, and nobody that size, it just it's not normal. <laughs> so, like, your body is – there are going to be problems with his body at some point. You can do everything he can to protect it, but it is concerning. But let's stay on the positive stuff. Oh, I'm excited. For, for the record, if we had a rookie center that were saying, like, his floor, low-end all-star, year one – like that'd be really exciting. That's just he's the he's the most interesting player to play in summer league that I can remember. And even watching it was like this is ridiculous. I had a little taste of. I mean, I think I I, I get recognized often through like just walking around the street is because like ESPN is on all the time. It's not like I consider myself a big celebrity and like, uh, but being in Vegas. It was hyper concentration of my demographic because there are two things going on there or three things going on there. There's UFC. uh, There's the Usher concert, which is black people of my age. And then there's the NBA Summer League. So I think there was a bigger concentration of the people who appreciate my commentary at uh, Summer League. So there was not a time that I could go out without at least one person saying something to me, which is, I mean, it's fine. And I liked it. But the interesting part was I don't take into account how much athletes watch this stuff and all the time. Yeah. And like their social media, I'm sure is bombarded with people who say negative things about them. Someone's clipping me and sending it. So I say that to say that I, I need your help or maybe the listeners and viewers help. I need a strategy for when somebody wants to whoop my ass for something I want to say. So what happened here was um, I ran into Jason Tatum and I wasn't, I'm, I'm an introverted guy. I'm not going to say anything to anybody, but it was a knowing look, you know? Mm -hmm. So like Jason Tatum is normally trying to avoid eye contact. I ran into him a couple different times. I think we were staying at the same hotel and I'm, I just look over and recognize it's Jason Tatum, and he's like deliberately making eye contact and giving me like a head nod. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I gave him a head nod. And there was a couple other basketball players I saw that I had the same situation. Did, did you with. ask him why Jalen Brown can't dribble with his left hand? <laughs> no. So Jason Tatum, I'm not afraid or concerned that Jason Tatum is going to have beef with me because I have nothing but – I was one of the few people defending him when y'all was calling Super him Super positive, yeah. But I ran into Trey Young's dad, mm-hmm. and Trey Young's dad was incredibly nice but also made it clear that he knows that everything that I've said about Trey Young has not been positive. And that's when I was like, all right, well, Trey Young's dad is a mature, decent human, and he don't want to fight me over something I said. But it had me thinking, because Ashley was with me, Mm -hmm. it had me thinking at that moment, I was like, man, I I can't, 
I got to bow up. Like, I can't be apologetic with my wife standing next to me. I was like, oh, oh no, I ain't saying nothing, chilling. Man. You know, we just working. We just working. That's what I, that's the move I pulled. But what if it was like uh, someone at like Trey Young's homeboy who tried to get chest to chest with me? Then, then what do I do? So we got to figure out what's the strategy. So if you were going to go this route, the goal would be to get punched. Yeah, in that's the face. not, I mean, I, I get why professionally that'd be great for you, for someone. But for me, it's like, with the, I don't know. It's all love. I have to call it like I see it. Like, Trey, if you were 6'4", you'd play better defense type of thing. I could, I guess. All right. Because it's not like I, I, I've worked with you now for six or seven years. Damn. I don't ever remember you saying something personal about an athlete. Negative, yeah. like, so, right. so, I mean... I don't ever think it's wrong necessarily to criticize someone for performing poorly when it's not personal. That's true. I mean, I, 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 I went, I went for Aaron Rodgers' neck a couple times. That's totally that was, fair. That was, it was all about vaccines and stuff. Yeah. I, I regret that, but still, it's fine. We move on. If Aaron Rodgers goes chest to chest with you, oh. I think we're we're all going to a teepee and going on a vision quest. The three of <laughs> yeah, us. Aaron Rodgers is is a fully realized um, uh, psychedelic user. I don't think that he's looking for problems. He might he might invite me to do some ayahuasca. Which... He he wants you to be enlightened. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I heard that makes you like throw up and uncomfortable or whatever. I mean, that's alcohol. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical Fruit finished, shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What else? Oh, Wimb- Wimbledon. That was I watched a lot of it. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I love Carlos Alcaraz. Yeah, it's amazing. And so, like, I got in a, in a, in a I was going to say a fight, but a debate with um, Mad Dog over Alcaraz. One, he first called him Alcatraz. He kept calling him Alcatraz. And Mad Dog really likes tennis. Yeah, he knows yeah. about tennis. But He's from the era, the McEnroe-Borg era, when it was a big deal in the U.S. Yeah. Um, but it's so sad because we don't have any men's tennis players that are any good. We have uh, Chris Eubanks. 
in the Wimbledon yeah. quarterfinals. Yeah, it, it's a fairy tale story. No, but I mean, I guess I didn't know who he was before the tournament, and I'm and people are trying to like hype him up. It's just hard to get excited about it. But like I, I've come to through you, I yeah. think more than anything, I've come to really appreciate. And so I found myself in the hotel room watching a lot of Wimbledon because I will wake up early because it's on Vegas time and Ashley still be asleep. And I'm like, what am I gonna do? watch some tennis. So I liked it. I'm getting excited. I'm looking forward to it. I want my man Big Los to, to oh dominate. I also need somebody to get their hands on him. And like, it happens to a lot of uh, football players, like quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Once they get drafted, all of a sudden somebody's like, hey, you can pay for haircuts now. Oh, why don't you go holler at this doctor? He'll help you out with your skin. Like that happens. When is somebody going to grab my man Los and be like, hey, come on over here, man. Why don't you let me clean up your neck? Yeah. Why don't you get a professional haircut? It's fucking Wimbledon. I kind of love it. <laughs> I, there's a story about how he doesn't like a, a lot of the tennis players um, add weight to their rackets and like because, you know, they're stronger and swing harder than normal people. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, nah, I don't care. Just give me a stock racket off the shelf. <laughs> he's just playing, he's playing with the same stock racket that like me or you could buy from a store. And he's I like, hate yeah, it. I'll hit 110 mile an hour forehand. I Whatever. Hate I hate it. I'm ready for him to professionalize. You need a team around you. So I, I Go think Wimby style. There's some interesting stuff happening with him. And it's actually, an, it's a fun conversation with Wemby because he won the US Open when he was 19. He's the youngest world number one. And this is it goes back to like the the saying that expectations are just resentment and waiting. Like he lost the French Open and cramped up against Djokovic, and now like he's on grass. Spanish players traditionally don't grow up playing on grass. He's yeah. on clay and hard courts, and it's it's been a you know a more up and down tournament for him. And people are already like, see, he'll never he'll never be Rafa or Novak <laughs> or Roger. It's like okay. Sweet. He'll never be Jordan. Yeah. I, I mean, he might be actually. Because <laughs> no, the, thing, the fact part. of the matter is, I'm not some tennis expert. I know athleticism and explosiveness, and that man can get everywhere fast. And yeah. if he can master the strategy and the shot, and like he had shots too. Actually, that was the other match, the the Rublev match that I was thinking about where they crazy. They had some crazy shots. Yeah. That, they, that diving, the diving volley on oh, set match point. Just like the the precision. If anybody's tried to play tennis, you know how hard it is just to get the ball consistently back and forth. But the precision that they use to put it in different places is kind of impressive. The um, but yeah, I, I don't think that people are following us for a whole bunch of tennis talk, but that's that's what happened. Um, we'll, we'll get more. Or if Carlos wins the if, if Carlos wins Wimbledon, he's playing right now, so we're not even sure he's going to make the quarterfinals. If he if he wins Wimbledon, we'll we'll sneak in more tennis talk. I had two other things that I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. One, what was your favorite fit of mine, um, Vegas? I'll give you some time to think about it because first of all, I was killing it all week long. I don't give a damn what you think, but they were all really good. But um, second, are you on Threads? This- I'm on, I'm on Threads. I I haven't threaded. That's what they call them. They call it threading. Post tweeting. I haven't tweeted. I haven't tweeted on threads. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to lock down that username. Have it match my IG in case this is the future. I'm on it too. I don't know. I've fallen off on Twitter in general. Same. And it's not even like it was before Elon Musk. It wasn't. I don't know. I just I suck at social media. I did better this week on Instagram, but I suck at social media. And one thing with the the layoffs recently that happened at our company, like it, it. really drove home the idea of the the insecurity of this job and the fickleness of this job and it hit me that the only real protection you have is like some real social media following and so 
I'm probably not going to actually get good at it, but I will know that whenever they let me go from ESPN, that I should have built up a social media following along the way. So the problem is, is it's just so icky. It's like, I don't want to waste my time just like harvesting likes and retweets or retreads. Like, like I'm putting hashtags on everything yeah. and like trying to, to, to like bait celebrities into responding to you. But then you see the people like Mina, who's just like naturally great at it. it. And it's like, no, you're not even doing the like harvesting likes. You're just amazing at it. I want to get like that. But it's also, I'm just not smart and quick enough to do that. It's not even. And so, yeah, Mina is the goat. She's particularly built for all that stuff, but it is also work. Yeah. And and 24 seven. And it does also take a toll on you. Yeah. And like Mina will acknowledge this openly that like, it wears her out and, yeah. and it's and it's a difficult thing to engage in. But I think this is one of the the thing that I recognize is that I'm uncomfortable with it because I have an old soul and I'm also just a little bit older than the people who grew up on it. Yeah. So like it's not second nature to me in the way that I think it is to to a lot of people. And also I have like an ego that's like what I feel so gross taking a selfie and posting it. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it just feels beneath me. Whereas for younger people, it doesn't, it's like, this is the way of life for them. And for me, it's like, oh, I got to get on here and try to impress these people. I remember the, the, some of the lower points for me on this stuff is I remember the feeling, and this is, I think, what pushed me off of Twitter more than anything is like, I have this feeling where it's like, I'm watching this. All right, let me think of something to say so that everyone knows that I'm watching this. Right. And it's like, that's gross. No. And there there are so many, and I'm sure there are now going to be threaders, knitters, um, (laughs) um, who just like repeat the same jokes to try and get likes and retweets. And like those people just drive me nuts. I'm like, don't give them the validation. Yeah. Don't go. Don't, don't give them the validation for this low hanging fruit meme. I'd rather post nothing. And that's just you. And that's yeah. That's people, it's me being too online. Yeah, I know. And it's and not just you being too online. I'm saying the the reaction is just you are more in my line where it's like it feels embarrassing. But the fact of the matter is that's where the world is going. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, the people who are making decisions and have power are going to have grown up in a world and understand a world where that is not uh, embarrassing and taboo. But for me, it's still like it feels like taboo is the wrong word, but it just it feels cheap and it feels desperate. Yeah. And like you mentioned, Mina does it incredibly well where it doesn't come off as cheap or desperate. But because it's actually interesting. Yeah, it's because not, it's not actually just. And that's a fair point is, I guess, just interesting shit pops in her mind funny mm-hmm. things pop it's funny because when you spend time with her as much time with her as you and i both both have is she thinks that way mm-hmm. and she interacts that way in person where she'll rather than say something back she'll say uh i mean not spider-man meme but she'll have the perfect meme loaded up to respond to you i mean it's like uh she is uh you know that like wilt chamberlain meme where it's like hey, that's that line oh yeah that's that's her in every group chat like 55 points, 54 rebounds, 23 blocks. But it's, 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 um, uh, yeah, in person too, yeah. where it's like oh, yeah. she, but it's not even that she has the witty quip. It's that she has the witty quip and the, the gift to go with it and all that stuff. And so when times like what happened at our company recently come up, she don't care. And, and anyone who has like Shannon Sharp, anyone who has that level of social media follower recognizes that that's easy to sell and easy to monetize somewhere else. So Thread is new. 
So let's get on and let's be the best threat. No, we're not going to do that, are we? We're just gonna gonna fade off. I'm and- telling you, the best the best way is to have an Ashley Foxworth thread takeover. She runs our accounts. We got to find somebody ne- to run our account. next stop. Million followers. Because the thing about Ashley Foxworth is she also, like Mina, is quick and really good at having stories and stuff. But she's private and she wants to stay private. And the second thing is we can't hire her because she don't really want to work that hard. <laughs> so she's busy being uh, so many other things to our family. So we're we going to be like, hey, I need. The thing is, she likes to post to her stuff. If I was like, hey, Ashley, I how about you take over my account? Then that becomes work. And don't nobody want work. Anyway, we'll find somebody. Find the, somebody young. By the way, cool. best best athlete or best outfit, pink shoes, white pants, uh, pink short sleeve button down. You're looking out there looking like a cherry blossom. That speaking speaking of threads, that thing was knit, had holes in it. See them nips shining through, a little bit of taco meat creeping out the top, and then added the sexy chain oh, to yeah. accentuate the strength of my clavicles. God damn, I'm sexy. Roses and thorns, everybody. He's a- how has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. And now for my favorite part of the show with one of my favorite people. He's saying one of my favorite people because our daughter's outside yeah. watching today. This is summer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's not in summer camp. He normally says with my favorite person. I do normally say that, but as Well, um, I'm me and Patty and I want it to be known. It's not you true. Say that. <gasps> He's been lying this whole time to all of us. I mean, it's like when you have a best friend. You say that. You have. You say, I got a best friend about like eight people. I got a best friend. <laughs> no, so I, I don't like, anymore. I say like, oh, with one of my best friends. Okay, yeah. that's not true. I, I sometimes I can say my best friend, but you're right. I never actually mean it. Yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I used I to believe I just kind of thought you meant it about me. No, I mean, I guess I chose you. I didn't yeah, choose them, exactly. but I still love them more than anything else in the world. Same. Same. And that's mm. I uh, got a lot of responses, so I, I took uh, the the race. Uh, you don't remember the race? The race between you and Avery when she was seven years old? Oh, yes. I put it up on the Instagram, and oh, I had a strong Instagram weekend. Oh, my God. That is a killing, rose for him. He it. was taking selfies with me, so we just got back from Vegas last night. Um, and surprise, I'm not jet-lagged. I think we had the most, like, chill Vegas. It was so fun. But, like, so my sister and cousin were there and some of our friends, and they were, like, they were only there for two nights, and they were beat by the end of it because they were like out until five and six every night we were like the latest we stayed up was one to see the usher concert we didn't even we had like tickets to some party of his afterwards we didn't even go to it because we're like oh that's late so I, talked, I came back well rested i talked a lot of trash headed into this trip this trip about how i was gonna be out all night it's gonna be old young vegas i was gonna be shaking richard all over town but i did not do but any what of he stuff. did do was go to the mall and went to a kiosk and oh. everybody what looks different about dominique oh, yeah. they can't see the microphone i'm he got- I'm a chain guy now. <laughs> I'm a chain guy now. He told me, he said, I want to get a chain. And I was like, ooh, please don't. Because I'm picturing like some diamond or like. like. Why can't I have diamonds? You got diamonds? Okay. I'm picturing something I that just have didn't feel very much like the man that I've come to know. I'm changing. My, yeah. Well, apparently his mother, your mother was mouthing. They were with the kids when we got back. So she's like, and he has a chain. It's just like a thin gold chain from a mall kiosk. He was like, I have they a chain. They can go to YouTube. Check it out. Go to YouTube. Uh, Comment there, about it, how much you it like it in the, nice. in the comments. It looks nice. Honestly, and like he was like, we were looks at the nice. pool lot. Yeah, that's the wrong word. Are oh, you his... being, being conservative because our 12-year-old's here? And on... It looks... 
sex. Like it, it sits nicely on his collarbone. It looks nice. But That's his the, not mother, the word you're looking for. His mother was mad at me. She's like, this is a midlife crisis. Maybe. And I was like, I actually think it looks nice. Even though I was like definitely like, why are we going to the mall for a chain? Like this is Because I'm a chain this guy. This man has never worn jewelry a day in his life other than like a so, watch. You know well, that's this, not true. He used to wear earrings. I didn't used to wear watches until your parents gave me a nice watch. And I was like, yeah. all right, I'll wear this watch. But um, this is, you know, this general story about me is at a certain point, I remember being in eighth grade and like all my friends were trying to get waves because they thought they was going to get them girls and they was wearing do rags. And I tried it for like a week and I was like, nope, that's not how I'm going to be uh, f attractive to the opposite sex. I'm going to be good at stuff. Then I went and played football and it worked. And now at this point, I'm no longer good at football. So I got to get sexy. So I got to change. But I feel like in addition to just like being good at football, like, like it was like the confidence that probably being good at football got you. Cause like, no, I mean, uh, the confidence and, I was born with. And a nice it. body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, body, the body also but, born with Because, like, if we're being honest, like, I knew you were playing football, which I'm sure it was no, attractive, yeah, I, but, like, I, I didn't know that you were the, good at it or The joke is that, I mean, it's but funny. But it was, like, things that came from that, like the body and the confidence. So it's funny. Ahead. It's funny to say that I was going to get women by being good at football, but, I mean, I think generally for, for, man, I was going to say for men, but just in general, I think it's attractive for people to be, like, I find it attractive that you're intelligent and accomplished in those ways. Like, it's attractive for people to be, like, good at stuff and like you are the standout in some way it's he not he just likes me because i'm pretty <laughs> i'm joking no, 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 i'm joking no, no. i just told this story I'm this joking. morning i'm joking I, no 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 i that's certainly part of it but that i told this story earlier today is that um i when i first went to denver i went on a date with a model who was like six two Ooh. and like what type of models are hanging out in Denver? It's like, I'm joking. There's yeah, so she, many beautiful people in Denver. No, I mean, I, I don't know. She, she was, anyway, it was one date because she said she was vegan and ordered um, cake for her main course. And I was like, she's stupid. I, I love can't. a girl who will order cake for her main course, though. Yeah, but she said she was vegan girl, and then ordered I don't ordered care. Cake. A girl after my own heart. Let's okay, find well, her. You should have went out Let's with Let's find her. Hang out. I, I'm I was, joking. I was not intrigued. But anyway, um... What are we talking about? Oh, I got to chain because now I got to I got to compete. I got to compete. Compete, but for why? I got a bunch with of new. Who? So honestly, this was my point was Compete's like. Compete's the wrong No, word. no, I'm just joking. The point is this trip was important to me because it was a birthday trip for you. And that's the reason why I was talking a lot of trash about like, I think generally you're younger than me, literally. And also like, I think spiritually by 15 months yes in my soul yeah like you like to do you're going to like six concerts this summer you like to go out with your friends and whatever and like i'm pretty but like conservative i'm pretty conservative and low-key generally and so i was like all right i'm taking ashley to vegas for her birthday and it's usher concert and when we go and out he didn't and want me going home with usher <laughs> i'm joking was, I was not concerned <laughs> oh because i was never mind and when um when we go out or do things i'm normally the one who's like all right it's time to go home and and you don't <laughs> really ever really want to go home but it's like and i say this generally it's like you can stay you're an adult you can wear what you want you do what you want you can go where you want but i'm going home and then you normally come home with me at some point and i feel like at I'm some the point i always yeah. leave with you uh, or, There's I mean, never been a time where I've stayed somewhere after you've left. Okay. Not once. Unless it was like one of us had to leave to take one kid somewhere. Was, or you've taken like, like you've taken I, kids when, to movies before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I couldn't stand being around on people anymore. But anyway, the point is, I was going into this trip. I was like, all right, I'm not going to be that guy on Ashley's birthday weekend. Especially when it started to turn into, like we had, you had 
four girlfriends there and one of my friends there. It like turned into a big party trip. And I was like, all right. So one, I'm not going to be that guy. And two, I'm going to look nice because like, I don't know. It just felt like these are things that are important to you. So like I went shopping before with Avery, our oldest. That's her 12-year-old. And she was like, no, dad, you can't get a chain. (laughs) <laughs> she, she didn't let me get a chain and she also judged a couple of my selections and said I couldn't pull them off but god damn it I pulled them off I was looking fly all you weekend great. so that was what my thought was and then we got there and I noticed that every night that we went to dinner I was drinking coffee ramping up and like trying to be the life of the party I was like we're gonna go to the club after this and then you started yawning and I was like alright so sleepy <laughs> <laughs> one night though he like it was like was it gaslighting I feel like like when, the night we were at Carbone and I had gotten a couple drinks I was like well stop drinking get a pep get a coke they had coke get a coke and then I was like and I'll have an espresso martini and honestly 50% of the time those don't sit right in my stomach so those are always a risk but I got an espresso martini and I was ready and he was like no she's tired and our hotel room was like right above carbo and I was like well my husband said I'm tired I'm tired but I was like but but um but I was ready that night yeah you weren't ready you you, I was trying to get I noticed that you were doing what I was doing (laughs) (laughs) you were caffeine loading and pretending like you wanted to be out all night everyone else legitimately wanted they sent this video of a from a party bus the rest of our crew and then then from like backstage at rick ross concert and like well i don't know about backstage but uh, well i mean they were like side stage i don't know it it felt like they were very close they felt like if um if if rick's knee gave out he was gonna fall on their lap if it gave out again that was impressive he was back to performing so fast um yeah so i think i recognized in you that you were trying to like turn it on for everybody else and i was turning it on for you and so then i realized Oh, I'm not. He was like, I can get out of this. Like, this is not for them. I don't give a shit how they if they enjoy themselves. Like, well, no, I had a great time. Um, Usher was wonderful. I wore mom clothes, and by mom clothes, I mean Kiki Palmer type mom clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had your cakes out all weekend. Um, but but when he was walking near, I was like, I will not even make eye contact. <laughs> like, like, because he dances with people when yeah. he like you're sitting in an area where he walks by, and it's not even because I was like with my husband, or it's just, or even because I'm shy. Because I'm not shy. It's that I'm awkward. Like I'm the most awkward person in the world. So like I was like, I've seen what happens on too many videos on the shade room. Let me keep my head down. That was funny because like I I made a lot of jokes on social media about it, and people appreciated it and thought it's funny, but I. Actually, and maybe it would have been different if I had to sit there and watch Usher try to like sexy dance on you. But I actually feel like I would have had no problem with it. Like, I'm not worried. We've been married for 13 years. If Usher want to give you a lap dance and you are enjoying it, knock yourself out. If I've been so awkward. I'm like, oh, my God. If there was, I don't know, I guess I'm just not worried. Oh, yeah, no, of course not. Yeah. I think that's crazy to be worried. And I don't know. I, I, I understand being territorial about stuff like that, too. And like, I could... I think I would be territorial if I felt like I had reason to be worried of or course. if like you gave me some reason in the past or or I was like insecure about something about our relationship. Then I'd be like, hey, Usher, you and Richard get away from here. I don't need this trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. But maybe it would have been different if I actually saw it. I, I listened to Joe Budden's podcast on the flight home and I it was the first time that I started to like empathize a little bit with the boyfriend or the baby dad. Oh, oh, Kiki. Yeah. Kiki. Oh, the, the Kiki oh, Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. He called her Kiki Shepherd, like the woman from Apollo the other day. I, and oh, that's it. That's an old man. Yeah. Move. And when he said that, yeah. I was like, does he realize who Kiki, that's who Kiki Shepherd is, right? Yeah. He was like, rub the. Nobody's said, watching this knows who Kiki Shepherd is. <laughs> Some people know. I, no offense, but it's old people who like oh, That's me. true. A lot of, um, lot of, lot of so old black people was coming up to me said, in Vegas yes. telling me what I want to hear. He said, 
said Kiki Shepard, and I was just, I knew exactly what he meant. It is very, it was very much like you do with your parents. And you're like, I'm not even going to correct you. But I did, I was, because I couldn't remember. It was so Kiki Palmer. Yes, not Kiki Shepard. Yeah. Anyway. But yes, I'm sorry. You said. Oh, no, I was just saying that most of the time I, I, I was just like, well, this dude, like, from the 1970s acting like he owns somebody. And then he they. He made a comment for those people who don't, oh, that yeah. his. Look at you. His, you a damn um, pro. His Doing baby's mother or partner, Kiki Palmer, is like a, a little bit younger than us. So like and she's a black, really popular actress. Um, actress. She's had been a host of shows. Um, mm, musician. Singer. Just does it all, right? Um, and attractive. And she had a baby. They probably have like a six, I don't know, like one six-month-old, let's guess, um, with this partner of hers who's not famous. And he was not at the show. She was at Usher's concert earlier in the week on a girls' night and was wearing like this like from the front, it looks classy enough, like sheer black dress with like a bodysuit under it, but it's a thong in the back and Usher danced with her and there were videos of it all over social media. Yeah. And so he went to the internet and like tweeted, I guess, that she was a mother and she can't dress like that. And most people jumped down his throat. And I also was like, I mean, I wasn't like angry at him, but I was like, that's just stupid. You're like, your mother. You... Because I'm a mother and he sees me dress all kinds yeah. of ways. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> and also like, I don't know, it's... Your body, you do what you want with it. Your life, you do whatever you want with it. I'm not offended by it. And so, but listening to that podcast made me empathize with him a little bit because what I didn't take into account is what it must feel like to be the guy who's with Kiki Palmer and like at home with the kid and she's out and she's like turning around and shaking herself in front of Usher and he's like at home and like, Feels like uh, he's insecure. Is yeah. the point? Like okay, so, nobody's insecure. Yeah, I no get one that. has insecurities. I get, that. I get that, but still, I think to one, what he said was she's a mother, and I think that just sounds yeah, so like awful to say that a woman. I will say I was wearing really tiny little, basically denim underwear with feathers on them, jean yeah, shorts. It's like a bathing suit bottom. <laughs> it was a bathing suit bottom. But and, and even I at one point was like, I feel a little self conscious of this. But when I stopped feeling self conscious, was at one point you slapped my butt, and I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm with him. I'm good. You do that all he wants um no one else can um and then I was fine um but like women can dress however they want and like to say that oh because you're a mother you can't dress this way like that's so ridiculous so that he started with that I think is why like it's easy to jump down his throat and yeah he could be insecure about it but like no one Usher has a partner with two kids and I get it's Usher's show that people are paying money to see him for but he's a performer so you're never going to be like oh he shouldn't be doing this oh how much his partner his partner who to my knowledge isn't a celebrity I'm not sure but like um no one's worried about how she feels at home and that's probably a gendered thing for one but also like Kiki Palmer is also a celebrity who I personally don't know what project she's got going on right now but it, but, but getting all over you know whatever yeah. social media by dancing up on Usher and shoot maybe that's his point too is to yeah. help her get more people in her you know fans and people interested in her talking about her because no. whatever it's not his point no, but whatever I think they attention. unfollowed each other on all oh, accounts no. they like in a rough patch right oh, now maybe no. so well like the attention she's a performer too like it, the outfit she was wearing looked like something she could perform on and yes it wasn't her show she wasn't getting paid to stand yeah, up and dance always but like on. that attention is good that she came bounced back from which is something mom should not have to do either but from having her baby to being out here and looking great and dancing on usher i'm not mad at either of them oh, a new bracelet i like the pink one i've never noticed that before um the so i i don't disagree with any of that and i think your point about like things being gendered and that's a a bit of a double-edged sword because I do think that we are socialized in several different ways. And I think all of us 
more liberal minded people try to correct for those things and try to say, but what if it was the other way around? But there are some things that are just going to be the way they are. And we live in the world that we're in. And it's like, there are things that, so like you don't have a job outside of the house. That is something that is socially acceptable for you. And even you have insecurities. I have about. so many insecurities. Like in turning 39, like really tapped into those. I'm like before 40, I got to have something going for us. Guys, I only have 363 days to figure this out. Help me. Maybe we can start like a reality show where I like go try to work all these jobs and see which one sticks. <laughs> dirty jobs. You remember that show? I don't want them to be dirty. You don't remember so micro that's the thing. and dirty like, jobs? Yeah, there's some that, that I'm just fun. not going to choose from. But certainly, yes, I do have insecurities. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess that's a it's a, a thorny topic to talk about because we can all talk about the world that we want to live in. And like this ties in a bit to the to the um, affirmative action conversation we had last week where it's like, all right, yes, laws should be colorblind, but we don't live in a society where uh, colorblind laws would. Uh, and like the things I do with Declan, where it's like, all right, I try to teach him that like you open the door for your sisters and he you let carries, them. He all anytime we're traveling, our son always like carries my daughter's luggage. It's really sweet and it helps because the little one's so whiny about rolling her own luggage. And anyone who knows me or follows me on Instagram, like which is like knows that I'm really obsessed with like packing tight. I hate checking luggage. So like we always have very heavy roll ons and even the seven year old has to deal with her own like heavy roll on. But she doesn't because our son does it. Um, and those yeah. are things that make you smile yes. about like um, gendered things that yeah, happen in our society. Course. So like that, those exist. And I not that those justify the negative ones that but it's hard to to create a world where you enforce the positive ones. Avery, and, my and, oldest daughter, also sometimes carries her younger sister. So, I mean, so, so just, just to be it's clear. A, it's ageist. Yes. Is <laughs> but I guess, I mean, to be to be clear on my perspective that I'm not fully realized as a true um, uh, present-day liberal because I do not tell Avery that she needs to do yeah. the same things oh, that yeah. I tell Declan that he needs to do. Whether he does them or not, I don't know, <laughs> but I would like him to know yeah. that these are the expectations that I have for you. It's like... Uh, I asked but, but him I think, to do things that I wouldn't ask the girls to do. And maybe that's wrong of me. And I also made Avery help me change a tire one yeah, time. Yeah, because I mo that's mostly because you are you don't understand how I do not at all know how to change a tire. No, um, you, you know, at one point, the first time, you're like, this is ridiculous that you have none of you. My brother, there are three girls and one boy in family. My brother can change a tire, but yeah, none of the three girls can change a tire. Um, and that's fine. Um, but I will say, going back to like the gender thing and how people dress, like I think, okay, yeah, it's maybe, maybe more acceptable or it's less. Um, problematic when like for Usher to be doing it and no one would ever say right. anything bad about him whereas like like even if Beyonce were up dancing on male fans like that it'd be like no you're Jay-Z's wife like what yeah. even though it was her show but also like people expect women to go out and look sexy like if Kiki yeah. Palmer came to that shit in a paper bag like as much as you you don't care like he would never be like I want you to look sexy but like is it bad having a wife who look like I get sometimes no. like people might look at you but I like would rather, you want your partner were, to be attractive there were like, a couple people at the show he just wasn't there that's why he was mad there were a couple people at the show who were not dressed to go to a show and if i had to choose one end of the spectrum or the other i would prefer my wife to look for me to to have to puff my chest out when i'm walking around to scare guys off not that it works it's but just, just in case. it's just that he wasn't there but i think the bigger problem in all of it is how dare you take to social media and i guess maybe yeah, they really were having petty. like that's the yeah. bitch part yeah. um Take, if you want to have a fight like have your fight in private have your like i joked on here last keep time, it in the locker room and lucky for us right right now and of course marriage like stuff goes up and down and, and right now flows. um yeah I'm like i think that's been my 
biggest, not learning, but like something that I realize now after being married for this many years. Like, and I guess at some point it could just, is it the ebb or the flow? Is it the ebb that's bad? I think flows are good. The, ebbs the are bad. ebb is bad. So the ebb could just keep going <laughs> into the gutter eventually and you'd be screwed. But even when stuff doesn't seem like super, super happy and perfect, I'm like, oh, well, it'll, it'll flow back. Like, we'll get there. And I also like um, notice that it feels like the bringing us out of an ebb is a, is like a decision, yeah. <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing about where I feel like we are in our relationship. And maybe, I don't know, as I get older, all things that I thought before seem really dumb. And I'm like, it, the world makes more sense to me as I get older. And I feel the same way as we get older in this relationship where it's like, all right, well, I used to think this. And now I think something incredibly different. But uh, right now in our relationship, that's what I think gives me the most confidence is it feels like we have control over it to some degree where it's like some people grow apart, but I feel like we've decided that we want to grow together. And the th times where things push us in different directions, we both are like, all right, well, no, <laughs> we are going to push it back. To go back to the hotel room <laughs> and not go to a party tonight <laughs> and yeah. spend time with each other. No, I agree with that. Um, but, but, but I guess I was just going to say, like we mentioned last time, it was our anniversary when we recorded and stuff. So was like, roses of our marriage, thorns. We ain't going to talk about that with y'all. Yeah, like not everything's perfect and we argue and whatever. And like as much as like we're pretty open here, um, keep some stuff at home. Like you may yeah, have to tweet that. that and that's, I was going to say, whatever that man's name is, I do know that he is the brother of Sarunas Jackson, but he doesn't go by his last name Jackson. I found this out. Sarunas is the he's an actor he was on insecure and some other like mostly black shows um and so his brother's a celebrity <laughs> his baby's mother's a celebrity is maybe hard for him it could be um tough. but um okay the last thing i'll say about vegas is um there were we didn't go for this NBA. you went to a game summer league was happening nba summer league and then also like some ufc stuff so you ran into like some work colleagues um and like mb when he used to work the mbpa and nflpa like people from so he was seeing a lot of people he knew so one day one of the people that was there was bomani and we go to lunch with him and it was <clears throat> excuse me hilarious because <clears throat> excuse me we actually went to like lunch or brunch with him a couple times but the first time it was just the three of us like we'd all just landed um from our separate flights and i've was like unpacking and like disinfecting in the hotel room. I love to disinfect a hotel room, guys. Um, and so I was like, well, you meet him and I'll join you. And I think probably largely, I think either way it might have ended up this way, but because they were there before I got there, I walked in and felt like I was just walking right into their podcast. And if I'm being honest, I've never listened to Bomani's podcast with Dominique Foxworth Fridays, Fridays before, but they made me want to listen. Uh, you guys are so cute together. Um, and then the next day, time that we went out together at brunch, it was my sister and a friend of Bomani's were also there. Um, and that time too. But I was like, I wish we could. They were. This was after Dominique had already been in the mall to get his chain. And Bomani was saying, again, we didn't make any parties. Like, you went out tonight, Bomani? Like, yeah, he was like, I ain't packed clothes to go out, out. Um, and so I was like, we could go to the mall and I could record it. You could send it to your producer and it could be shopping at the mall by in Vegas, Foxworth Friday episode. It would have been hilarious. Uh, Vinny um, Goodwell was the, the the other guy. He also has a podcast, I believe. Oh my gosh. So it could have been a, a three for one. Yeah. So yeah, it was fun. And I got, the. there was an article that came out this weekend that talked about the thing that anybody who listened to this already knows is that I really appreciate when like black men of my age or older come up to me and say, uh, keep doing what you're doing, brother. I like the, your voice is important. I'm glad and that it was a parade of that this weekend. And the funny thing is they know like 
50 to 75% of them don't know my name. ESPN, yeah. first take. <laughs> yeah, they they know like things that I said. Get and, up. Yeah, and- uh, Cousin Dak, or whatever, <laughs> Dak's cousin, whatever. It is all, Dak is our son. Dak, Dak. is, is, Dak. is my said, fake cousin. I said Dak. Okay, all right, well, great times, good chats, I love you. Love you too, babe. Thank you. Thank you, Christina Buswell. Thank you, Addy Khan. Thank you, Sarah Abbott. And thank you guys at Podville Media for letting us use the beautiful studio. And I'll see y'all next week. What are we doing next week? What we have? Oh, you're going to Beyonce. I'm going to Beyonce with my daughter this week. So we can talk all about that. It should be fun. I'll see what you wear out there. My cakes are going to be out. It's like I'm joking. <laughs> nah. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.